Hey, this is Liz. This is Heather. And this is part one of our book club episode on Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. All right. So hit that music. So, you know, this is this is really interesting. We're doing our book club this week. Um, and you and I met several years ago through Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, like, was it like almost nine years ago now? It's been, so a, it's while. been a while. So well, I, cool. I, it had to have been more than that because I was working for my previous job at the time. And okay. I've been at my current job for nine years. So let's say 10. We'll mm-hmm. say about 10 years. Wow. That's crazy. It does um, seem crazy. I was so young and youthful. Uh, I wasn't that young, but I was younger. <laughs> A good decade. Uh, but, but one of the things that we found when we, because we first met up at like a lunch or whatever, where it's just real casual, but we started talking and we found out that we both really loved Harry Potter. And this was right about, maybe right before the last book, the seventh book came out, kind of when the movies were starting to get rolling. We went to see at least one of them together. Oh, well, we no, I think we went to like three together. Well, we did, but I'm saying at least one of them was coming out, and we went to that together mm-hmm. for the first time, and then we continued We also that. had Kitty. Um, Kitty kind of joined our little... Kitty did, too. We, uh, we also started finding out that we both loved scrapbooking. Mm-hmm. And at the time that you and I met, I was doing all paper, traditional, you know, paper and album kind of scrapbooking. And you were more, you had moved already into the digital scrapbooking realm. I live in a small condo. You cannot paper scrapbook in a small condo. (laughs) I've seen your storage unit Uh, with your other actual scrapbooking stuff. But it's, but it, you actually got me into doing digital stuff and I will 100% credit my knowledge of anything I've ever learned in Photoshop to you. Because I didn't know anything about it. And now I, you know, run a photography business and I'm in Photoshop constantly. So thank well, you. Well, I'm sure that it wasn't just that, like, this is how <laughs> no, you place an element. It, but, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you taught me some stuff that I would have, it would have taken me a long time to really figure out on my own. Or I would have been, you know, YouTube in it or mm-hmm. whatever. But I remember you definitely taught me how to take color out of a picture to yeah, leave one element highlighted kind of thing. That's and fun. It is fun. It's yeah. one of my favorite things to do. But I'm going to tell you guys, you got to use that sparingly, especially if you're a photographer. Everybody has at least one. <sighs> just like gross. It's just grossly overdone. Like HDR is grossly overdone. So, you know, be careful on that. I anyway. manually do HDR with a yeah. Um, I don't even bother. You know, yeah. Well, I I I I copy it three times and I don't and even play, do that. And, and I don't do that. Time. I I play with all the depths and the mm-hmm. the uh, yeah. I oversaturate one and then make it half opaque and and then pull out stuff. I have fun. Well, I do multiple. Like I'll multiply yeah, layers. And that's my favorite to make it a little little deeper, especially in a black and white. Because sometimes mm-hmm. when you just you take a good color photo and you black and white, it starts to wash out. So then you go in and you add you a layer. Also, and you could, yeah, because like if you just do curves, you lose some parts of uh-huh. it, so you can erase some other parts. And yeah, anyway, fun. good stuff. Anyways, next our, time our, our, on Nerdy our, Bitches, our Photoshop yeah, tutorial. Our Photoshop people know exactly what we're talking about, <laughs> and everybody else is like, "Our big that was fun. people are like, what the? F- that was fun. What are you talking <laughs> about? I thought this was a book club on Harry Potter. It was, and that's we're going into that. <laughs> we're getting there. We had to tell a story first. <laughs> so we decided we've only done two episodes of, about Harry Potter in our 80 plus run. Yeah. Our Harry Potter after dark. And I think the first one was just called Harry Potter. So I think we just did mm. an episode talking about, and we've talked about it in our books to movies episode mm-hmm. and, and it comes up every once in a while. And, uh, we did a whole big thing on, um, uh, Jason Isaacs, uh, yep. Yep. when he was in comic Palooza because he talked all about Harry Potter the whole time. I think that's where the after dark thing came from. It's not sexy. Like it sounds, <laughs> it's just shit. We learned after the books and movies were done. So like all the stuff that JK Rowling has, you know, put Told out the there sense, after yeah. the fact, and um, you know they she released a new book last year which is not really a book it's the Harry Potter and the Cur- Cursed Child well and she's only a play. A, and she's only uh, like a she's only part of that she's like yeah. a contributor apparently to that. I hear that it just is terrible and so I won't read it because I heard it I, ruins the book I read it and uh, it didn't ruin anything for me okay. however it wasn't it wasn't a book. 
at all. It's stage directions because it's a play. Yeah. So if you're interested in reading kind of behind the scenes on how stage productions work, then it's okay. However, a friend of mine is a, uh, I know, professional opera singer. That's like a big one. Ah. She's like everywhere. She's international. And she liked to comment the other day and I fangirled all over the fucking place. It was hysterical. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so uh, Christine Gerke is an amazing opera singer. She sings Brunhilde basically all over the world in the ring cycle all sorts of different stuff. She's going to be doing Electra here with Houston Grand Opera this year. Um, provided the it's not underwater. Um, uh, it's, it's underwater. It's underwater now, but it's a spring production, so hopefully it'll okay. be. Yeah, because Alley Theater then. is moving their next three shows to the University of Houston. Well, from what we hear from HGO, because you know Paul works there, is um, that they are planning to still move forward with their fall productions. Wow! Because they they had the foresight to actually go. The costume shop and all the dressing rooms and everything are in the basement. So they moved all of the costumes up because when Allison hit in 2001, they lost a ridiculous number of costumes. And, you know, this is not like a $20 costume. I mean, these are all handmade by the people in the shop or they're purchased from other large opera organizations we're they're referring expensive. to Hurricane Harvey, by the way, for our, read- yeah. our listeners who don't know what we're referring if you're, to. If you're from the future, if you haven't been watching TV, if you live under a rock, um, we just had a massive hurricane or come through Or it's like Houston. 10 years from now. Well, that's why I said if you're yeah. from the future, okay. if you're in the future listening to this episode, we just had Hurricane Harvey roll through town and, and destroy everything. Destroy a bunch of shit. So everything. it's been really bad. So anyway, um, what we decided because we're huge Harry Potter fans, I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of the things that really tied us together, uh, that and scrapbooking. Um, but we don't talk about it very much because mm-hmm. when the series is done and you- everybody's seen it, there's only so much you can do. And, you know, we try not to be super myopic in what we cover. We try to have a really good variety in our topics so we don't want to beat dead horses like, hey, we saw this movie. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And it is still awesome when I saw it again. Yeah. Um, there's only so much you can talk about unless something new comes out. But what we realized we hadn't done, because we have this book club, we've never covered any of the Harry Potter books. And we, we also really have not done, and I don't blame us for this, we have not really done a great job of covering female authors in general. Like we read good geeky books, but we've only had two I yeah. think. And one of them was terrible, Veronica yeah, one Roth. Of them sucked, yeah. Veronica Roth. We're still mad at you two years yeah. later. So, yeah. um, just because you have a vagina doesn't mean you can write well. It apparently. Oh, oh, I have to tell you, though, mm. Christy Golden, who wrote Dark Disciple, which we oh, did cover, so just released a new book called Phasma. <gasps> what? Yes. Shut up. It's about Captain Phasma? Yes. It just came out on September 1st. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I think we should yes. get it, read it. All right. Everybody start reading that. really yeah. good. So go find we wa- Phasma. We want to have that uh, book club before um, the Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars. Jesus Christ. <gasps> I'm really Who new to you? the fandom. Uh, my fandom has started kind of once I read that Dark Disciple book. Though. Yeah. Like, really? I mean, I was. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the shows. I liked the movies. That Dark Disciple book. It's amazing. Like, you know, that new that McGregor really kind of heart. It just mm-hmm. break your heart and fill it at the same time. It's yeah. it's beautiful. It's really well done. If you're not familiar with Dark Disciple, it's um, the kind of the conclusion to the story of Asajj Ventress, who we saw in, uh, the, Clone in the Clone Wars. She was an apprentice, a Sith apprentice to Count Dooku, who he later betrays. And she, she basically teams up with a kind of a rogue Jedi and mm-hmm. they go on some some missions and stuff. And it's, it's awesome. Amazing. Go listen. Go read that book. Go listen to our book club on that book because it's fantastic. And we had guests on it and it was a lot of fun. And everybody was just gushing over the book. Yeah. So, so now that she's got a new book out, we're, we're all gonna, over that. We're, we got to go read this. We're going to cover it because I really like her and I liked her writing style a lot because um, it was amazing. So anyways, we've decided we're hopping back on the Harry Potter train. We're, we're on the Hogwarts Express. Oh, yeah. We, you know, we didn't talk about why we do that um, scrapbooking with it. It's oh, that yeah. We used to have scrapbooking days yes. where we'd bring in the table into my living room and we would scrapbook and watch uh, Harry Potter marathons. Like, Not marathons. like one movie, like three or four. Like 20 hours yeah. of just... It was amazing. Yeah, we did a lot We of have scrap- not done that in years. Yeah, we got to do I'm that. Sad oh, we're not going to have... Yeah. Anyway... We'll get to why later. Yeah. Another episode. Yep. Anyhow. Okay. So we are starting out proper with Harry Potter 
and the Sorcerer's Stone, unless you live in the UK or someplace fancy and you've got a Philosopher's Stone. Yes, apparently it's different. I would like to know if there is. Chelsea, I know you have the Philosopher's Stone. I know you're listening. So tell us if there's any difference between... Chelsea is one of our listeners in uh, Saskatchewan. So why is it that Canada has the Philosopher's Stone? Because they're fancy. They are. Those are pinky out motherfuckers. They are pinky out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They are fancy. I just, I I saw it uh, a a week or so ago on uh, Instagram that she was reading, that she had the Philosopher's Stone version. So I don't know if that is what Canada got or if she just happened to find one of that version. I would like to know if there's any difference between the two books other than the title. Because I think they thought dumbass Americans wouldn't be able to transfer philosopher from someone like Socrates over to a sorcerer. I'm so. having a tough time getting color with a U, so I understand. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know. But anyways, we're what dumbass Americans, so we get <laughs> we we're dumbass Americans, so we get the sorcerer stone, and that's okay. But yeah. that's where we're starting here. And um, we're going to kind of try to go through this book, but we're not going to do a chapter by chapter because Heather said no. Uh, <laughs> I was well, like, it's I'm only just, 17. It, it is only 17 on book one. But once we get but to book six, we'll book have six a 30. And seven, we'll be here for six months. So, so. Uh, all right. So everybody knows the back cover story. What it, uh, what, you know, what it Please says. Read it for yeah, us. it says uh, Harry Potter never played a sport while flying on a broomstick. He never wore a cloak, cloak of invisibility, befriended a giant or helped hatch a dragon. All Harry knows is a miserable life with the Dursleys, his horrible aunt and uncle, and their abdominal, abominable, abominable. I am so bad with words. Why am I reading this? Abdominal son. His abdominal (laughs) son. He's got abs. Dudley Dudley has no abs. You know, I was making notes for this book. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh I was making notes for this book, and I kept calling them the Dudleys. The one on all of my yeah, notes. I and do, I was like, no, fuck, they're the Dursleys. Dursleys. I do that too. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. I have, I don't have a way with words, which is why I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right. So Harry's room is in a tiny closet at the foot of the stairs and he hasn't had a birthday party in 11 years. But all that is about to change and a mysterious letter arrives by Owl Messenger, a letter with an invitation to a wonderful place he never dreamed existed. There he finds not only friends, aerial sports, and magic around every corner, (laughs) (laughs) but a great destiny that's been waiting for him, if Harry can survive the encounter. Okay, I would like to, I would like to point out, okay, I have a hardback version of this Uh book. I also have it on... Uh, ebooks Me and too. I have an audiobook as you do. I am looking at your paperback and it the spine on this book is so creased. I yeah. love it. It just you know it's loved. That's yeah. amazing. Mine doesn't even have anything on the I guess cuz it's got a a, a dust jacket. Yeah, I always take the same. dust jacket off when I'm reading the books. I know. I, yeah. I usually use them I use them as a bookmark like, yeah. until I run like until it's too big to close. And um, now I'm using a business card cuz I'm fancy. Yeah. But anyway, okay, so we start out with this book, and the first chapter is called The Boy Who Lived. Yeah. So right there, spoilers. Oh, by the way, this clearly is a spoilerific episode for this book. Yeah. Now, we obviously are in 2017. We know what happens at the end of this series. We know how the books ended. We know the movies ended. We know everything about this. We are reading this in a vacuum. And it's fucking hard. Yeah. So. Because there's a, we're going to actually have to do an eighth episode after we finish the, through the book club. Um, of items we picked up. Things that we've picked up. We're going to have to start keeping notes on that Ooh. so that we can come back and uh, be able to really talk about this stuff in depth. And yeah. we've done some of it on other ones, but having read it again, you're now seeing, you know, from the future backward and going, <gasps> that's what that means. I know. It's like, it's like JK, um, you don't realize how excellent of an author she is mm-hmm. until you read, you know, 10 years later. Yep. And all of a sudden, something that just kind of was like, that was kind of weird. All of a sudden, it just it makes, clicks. It makes sense. I, yeah. I had one. We just did a, we just uh, recorded a couple of episodes for uh, uh, Hurricane Relief um, uh, fundraisers. And we talked, we talked a little bit about Harry Potter in one of them. So go figure out where that pack is i'm sure i thought you were about to tell our listeners to go fuck themselves i was not gonna I'm, tell them to I'm go like, fuck themselves so, so go, and I'm not until like, later okay go, i'll tell you that later we, we do um, that a lot we do it a lot yeah. but we love you so don't i mean if you go fuck yourself make sure you come back and keep listening <laughs> because we'll tell you again but no 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 Tweet I was, us and let us know i was going to say go, 
go find <laughs> these fundraisers that we are a part of, donate towards this hurricane relief, and you will hear these exclusive episodes where we are funny as shit. <laughs> so that is what I was going to say. Okay. I'm, all, I'm like, I'm turning red. I'm blushing. <laughs> Why are you blushing? You told our readers to go fuck themselves. Not this, I have not done that yet. Thank not, you. Not recently. You made an ass out of you and me. There's right some. There there's some. Assuming. There's some tweeterers. Tweeterers. Uh, tw- tweets. Twits. I don't know. Twi- twits is probably the appropriate is- word for people that we've had to block from Twitter. We haven't had to do that many. I was actually having this conversation last night. Uh-huh. Um, I'm part of a we, although you haven't been involved in it. We are <laughs> part of a group now on. Uh, on Twitter that's called the castaways because it's a bunch of podcasters. So we're playing on words, but it's, it's a whole bunch of, and I, I don't have everybody open right now, but you know, uh, support superior to complex home video, hustle, high expectations, high on life, Kung Fu drive in sci-fi double feature drive in, um, and the rest of you who you know I love as well. Um, film roast is in there as well. So some of our lady pod squad oh, I love are in the there. Film roast. Um, and they have been amazing and fantastic. So we were having this conversation yesterday and I've 100% lost my train of thought on it. What were we talking about? Oh, uh, we were talking about uh, how we didn't have to block Twitter. Oh, yeah. So there, uh, one of them pops. Oh, it was the nerd, the Wrestling Nerd Alliance popped up and asked us what was the weirdest interaction we've ever had with a, a fan, you, I guess, did on you Twitter. Do, did you do the eyebrow guy? Yes, I did. <laughs> I did, I did. Because totally, that was weird. Totally talked about the eyebrow. That's really the only one I could really come up with that was like super fucking weird. Um, but basically, he's got some guy that's just randomly sending him pictures of like, he's a Canadian guy, of him holding a log, like a big log under his arm. I'm like, is he... It's an actual log, not is, a poop or an, something? It's an actual log, but I can't tell if it's Photoshop because it looks bigger than it should. I don't know. It's, it was a very well, if weird... He's, if he's Canadian, it's probably that big. <laughs> well, it was, but why? Why? <laughs> why are you sending a wrestling podcast a picture of yourself holding a log like a tool? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the meaning was, but I know there's a story. And I now have like four other it's podcasts. It's the Canadian eggplant this emoji. I, I'm telling you, I totally... <laughs> have now four different podcast ideas for just trying to to suss out the story of this guy sending these pictures. So I was relaying to them that we really have been very fortunate. Mm-hmm. Our listeners are awesome. Our fa- our followers on Twitter, which we have quite a bit, yeah. Way more than 12 now, which is awesome. And we're over Almost at twenty three hundred. I mean, remember how many we had when we started? We were so excited to get forty or something. Yeah, we were like fifty, yes. We, and now I'm like, hey, we just crossed twenty two hundred. Heather's like, holy fuck me. I'm like, no. <laughs> so um, no, we're, we've we've been very very fortunate. We did get one guy, and he was a Facebook guy. So oh, he total was total fucking Facebook weirdo. Guy. Who basically said, we, we've said it before. Yeah, yeah. So he, sorry he, if you've got kids listening because you think it's a good Harry Potter episode. It's explicit. So, well, just, just say the C word instead of the C. Oh, I don't remember the C word being in there. But okay. So basically, I want to fuck a nerdy C. Yeah. With bushy eyebrows. And it was and like, we both were like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Our eyebrows, our eyebrows are glorious yes. and not remotely bushy. They we are totally our, on point. We got yeah. our eyebrow game together years ago. <laughs> so, and I love the fact that we were both equally, like we could have given a shit about this guy being nasty yeah. and gross. Yeah. It's the eyebrow <laughs> comment that totally set us <laughs> off and made us offended. I don't even know. Did we block that guy? No, we just no, we, responded. no, we just kept it because we, we keep it. For it's still in our it's still in our messages folder because I keep running across it. I looked the guy up and he's like like got all these friends and he's supposed to be godly. I'm like, I should totally screenshot that and send it to his like wife or some shit just to prove to people that these people who talk a good game, they're total fucking dicks. Because I don't know if you follow that uh, page on Facebook that's nerds with vaginas. Mm-hmm. They are constantly getting dick pics sent to them and then they will just like screenshot them and send them back to family members like this is what your idiot moron on facebook is doing and then block them or write a bunch of shit to him or whatever um we've never gotten a dick pic i know we're going to now i mean i've I've scrolled i've i've been in a hashtag where i've Mm -hmm. gotten a lot of things but it wouldn't have been me specifically Mm -hmm. so if we had a little hashtag war with somebody all of a sudden it was like ah a penis but it was because a lot of people were trending the dick pic but you know i don't put up with it so yeah actually um uh jaslyn from high expectations podcast in new zealand was telling me last night they actually did an episode called dick expectations or something dick expectations i don't know because they were getting all these dick pics um 
It's because of the accent. Well, I think it's, it does attract a lot of people. because they're, they're not straight. Uh-huh. And oh. they, they post, I mean, that's oh, part I, of what oh, their, their show is about. So I'm sure that's why. But she said that they have not gotten a single one since they did that episode. Oh, really? so. Because uh, people realize how sad it is. I, I, think. I hope Hopefully. so. But, but again, our people are really awesome. We don't have that. We did have this one fucking loser who hadn't probably been laid in 40 years. But because he was old, too. He, he was wasn't old, dude. He was like at least in his 60s. I mean, yeah. it was gross. I mean, it's just like, don't go after uh, uh, podcasters. Bleh. Okay. No, oh, I'm like, well, see, when we got that at first, we were kind of almost excited just because it was our first nasty gram and we'd been on the air for a year and a half. Oh, yeah, it point. was very exciting. So it was kind of like, ooh, we've made it. Someone beyond people we are actually friends with has found us and um and that's yes. how we know and, our and listeners. And have, have objectified us. Yay! Yay! We made it! <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that's how we know our listeners are good because Facebook won't even allow us to pay to promote any of our stuff. So all of our stuff has been organic. It's been mm-hmm. us working social media and people Yeah, we don't show up us. in people's feed like no. uh, a lot of other things would. No, we do now, though, because we now have a Facebook discussion group. So they're seeing oh, a yeah. lot more. Mm-hmm. And those people are awesome. So welcome. Yeah, I know. I was wondering why they have like... a groups that allow much worse wor- words than bitches in it oh, yeah. and then they're just showing well, see, up that's everywhere that's the thing our we did not have a problem calling our page nerdy bitches podcast when i signed up for it at all like it didn't flag it it didn't say hey fyi there's going to be a problem nothing it wasn't until they they let you start adding a specific username and i went to go try to change that to nerdy bitches podcast or nerdy bitches or nerdy bitches pod or whatever that it would not let me. And it wasn't until Comic Palooza last year that uh, Cassie was trying to promote our Women in Podcasting episode, but she couldn't because our name was in there and they wouldn't allow that because it pops up on people's feeds. And so that was really annoying. But what's most annoying right now is I'm still getting on our page, every time I post a post that does well, I get it a note from Facebook that says, hey, for $5, we'll promote this for you. But if you click on it, it's like, oh, no, 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 we won't. So I'm like, you know what? Stop telling me you will. Yeah. We've run into the same issue with uh, a couple of other things. Uh, yeah. Our Zazzle store, for example, yeah. if you go in there, you have to turn off your content filters because apparently bitches is PG-13. Yeah. Because there's a lot of 12-year-olds searching Zazzle for coffee mugs. I, I mean, come on. <laughs> Whatever. All right. All right. Harry Potter. Chapter one. The boy (laughs) who lived. Yes. And again, we're not going to go through chapter by chapter by any means, but I really wanted to focus on this chapter up front because it's before Harry comes around, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really told... And it's not a first person, so it's, it's but it's yeah. it's told about the Dursleys, and it's basically like she's following them through their day. They're not glorious people. They are not, you know, the friendliest people in the world. But they're they're they. And, and I'll, I'll read you this very first, mm-hmm. very first thing. Uh, it's a, the very first uh, paragraph here says, Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four, Privet Drive, were proud to say they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. Then that's in, that, that says a lot right there. Is exactly. that they're that they strive to be normal, mm-hmm. um, which nothing you know, out of the ordinary. Which yeah, it's it's this it's probably this keeping up with the Joneses mentality mm-hmm. is like you know is what I start thinking of immediately when I hear about this type of. Well, there's uh, this, and as we go on, it it makes a lot more sense as to yeah. why they are so adamant about their normality because they say they were the last people you would expect to be involved in anything strange or mysterious because they just didn't hold with such nonsense. Yeah. So as we go through, they're talking about Mr. Dursley working for drill runnings, yeah, yeah. which is they make drills. Mm-hmm. So he's like a drill salesman, supervisor or whatever, something. Yeah. I don't know. He's talking about drills and he's thinking about drills and he's not paying attention to much of the world around him. Um, he sees his his wife and his fat little baby that is spoiled out of his mind. Yeah, uh, they talk. You, you can, like just just from he a doesn't talk s- about it, but you can very well tell yeah. that that just uh, from a couple of sentences Dudley's you can tell that he's a really really spoiled little kid, and that yeah. like he demands things from his mom and his but mom's even, like, Here I you mean, go. we're still on the first page, and they're still talking about they had everything they wanted, but they also had a secret. Mm-hmm. Their greatest fear. That someday someone would discover it. That Mrs. Potter, who was Mrs. Dursley's sister, 
and they haven't even seen them in years and they've never met their baby whose Mm -hmm. name could possibly be like Humphrey. They don't even know. Um, And her good for nothing husband. uh, And they were as undersly as they can be. See, he never goes and tells, but they know what they are, but they're never going to say the words out loud. And and at the very beginning of this, it seems like it's a book about the Dursleys, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's all from their perspective or, or telling us about them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you start to see some magical creatures pop in, right? Well, this is even, you Mm -hmm. know, page two, we've got, you know, they were going about their perfectly normal existence. They're perfectly normal norm morning. Did not even notice the large tawny owl that's floating past their window. Then I he probably gets, would have noticed. I would have noticed an yeah. owl at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's weird. Um, but then they, you know, gets in the car and drives to work, and he sees a cat reading a map. And then he goes, "That's ridiculous." Cats don't read maps. And he looks back, and the cat is just sitting there, but it's staring at him, slowly eye contacting him. And this particular cat has got spectacle markings around its eyeballs. Mm-hmm. So. That's weird. Uh, And then as he's driving away, he sees the cat reading the street sign. And then he has to remind himself, cats cats don't don't read. read. So then he goes about his perfectly normal day. But now he's annoyed because there are a lot of weird people in the streets. Yeah. People in strange clothing. And now Mr. Dursley cannot abide for these weird fads. Yeah, he doesn't like fads or trends. Trends or, or hats even. Like, know, he's very like, annoyed. These people are all wearing cloaks and hats, and they look very odd, out of yeah. place. And he's wondering if it's some sort of holiday celebration that he's missed out on. And now he's super annoyed because it's just slowing him down and making him late for work. Um, but he gets to go to work, and he gets to yell at five people, and he gets to think about drills again. And he's got his back turned from the window so he doesn't see all of the owls and, you know, some other strange events that are happening. He goes out at lunch to get himself a donut because he's fat. Um, He runs into a little guy in a cloak who he almost knocks over. Yeah. And this little guy in the cloak grabs his his chubby hand and starts pumping it. She's very descriptive about how fat all these people are, by the way. Yeah. Um, she, she's very, you know, starts pumping his his chubby hand and, oh my gosh, even for a muggle like you, today is a wonderful day. And he's like, what the hell does that mean? Weirdos. Ah, like he he's annoyed. He's yeah. just, and he goes home and he's annoyed. But when on his way back to the office, he hears some whispers in the street. Did you hear... It was the Potters. Yeah, he heard the word Potter. Did you hear yeah. Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. And now he's he's clicking things because he knows obviously that this is his his wife's, wife's weirdo sister. Oh yeah, not um, not her maiden name. It's her who, married name. Yeah, her married name. Um, and that they have a son who he's not real sure because he doesn't want to think about it. But but he he his, they might be named Harry. Yeah. And so now he's worried that people have found out. Their secret. Yeah. He's going to run home and he wants to talk to Petunia about this, but he doesn't really want to because he doesn't want to stir shit up. Uh, But then he starts seeing weird things on the news. There are owls flying all through the daytime, which owls are nocturnal. They don't do that. There are, uh, there weren't the rain showers that were predicted. There are like falling star showers. Because all of this stuff is happening. Weird people in the streets wearing cloaks and celebrating. And so he kind of brings it up to the wife. Have you heard from your sister? She, of course, you know, doesn't like even being reminded that she has a sister. Hasn't. Not interested. They go to bed. After they go to bed, the cat has been sitting on the wall, the garden wall for, I assume this is a fence, I don't know. I, it's like, because I mean, I even, it's a, even being a cat, a I would fence. think it would be very uncomfortable well, to be I on a picket. It, I'm thinking yeah. it's a brick. Like That's a, what I was thinking. Like brick fencing, because they call gar- yards the garden there. I don't know. So the cat's sitting there waiting, staring off into a point in space. And all of a sudden, Albus Dumbledore appears in that exact spot. And he pulls out the putter outer. I love the name. Yeah. Now, we do know this as a different name down the line mm-hmm. but at this point it's called the putter outer works and for me with the putter outer looks like a big cigarette lighter he flips it and all of the street lights yeah, come zooming out. into this uh this device and it goes pitch dark and he goes over and he starts talking to the cat who's no longer a cat 
And now the cat is Professor McGonagall. Yeah. So there, is it true? Is it true? Did the Potters? And we find out that um, Mr. and Mrs. Potter have been killed yeah. by the Dark Lord, which nobody says his name at mm-hmm. this point. Um, but that they, he also tried to murder their one-year-old son, who I've kind of done the math on this. And by this, he would have been a little bit over a year. But it was like... Well, I think that little Dursley is about the same age. Yeah, they're, he was they're same age. Yeah. But they're... Because uh, it happened on Halloween, and Harry's birthday is July uh, yeah. 31st. So yeah. he, um, <clears throat> he had tried to kill little Harry Potter in his crib, but for some reason couldn't. He failed. And it somehow it killed Voldemort. Or it, or it, it the Dark took Lord. his... T- he disappeared. Yeah. They don't know at this point what's happened to him. There wasn't anything to really find other than the Potter's bodies. Yeah. It basically blew their house apart. Yeah. Um, and, and the overall expectation from the wizarding community, from what we can tell, is that he's gone. He's yeah. gone. That because this is the celebration. That, that's why everybody's celebrating. Yeah. The Dark, the dark Lord is gone. Everybody's celebrating. Um, little Harry Potter has somehow changed the course of history and he will be famous. Yeah. Uh, right about this time, Hagrid shows up on Sirius Black's that flies. motorcycle, yeah. and he even said he borrowed it from young Sirius Black. So it's the first time we hear about him, but and mm-hmm. the last for a while. Yeah, um, he shows up on the flying motorcycle with the baby wrapped in a blanket, and Dumbledore basically pins a note to his chest, um, and they leave the baby on the doorstep. Yeah, in England in October. Yeah. Like two in the morning. So he's going to be rained on. That <laughs> well, we there's know that. that. <laughs> it's cold. She doesn't yeah. find him for like four hours. Nobody's calling CPS yeah. on these people is, you know, beyond me. The, but, but McGonagall has a very, she, she is very against leaving Harry with these, these terrible people because yeah. she said, I have been watching them all day and they are just the worst sort of people. Their kid is out of control. I saw him kick a cat or, you know, whatever it is like, you know, we, how can you do this? He'll be famous in our world. And he's like, that's exactly why I'm doing this. Because he needs to grow up away from all of this where everyone knows his name. He needs to just grow up and be healthy. And when the time comes, he'll learn the truth. Yeah. This first chapter really was more like of a preface to the book mm-hmm. as opposed to a chapter one of a book. Because uh, then the next thing we know, we just jump in. We jump in, in 10 t- years later. T- 10 years later. And uh, she only does that one other time. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, we jump <laughs> yep. into uh, 10 years later. And it's, it's a good bookend for the yeah. the stories, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, that... Uh, this little boy is now living with the Dursleys as the, you know, redheaded stepchild or the redheaded Worse. nephew. Yeah. Um, the house elf. Case. Yeah. And uh, he has to live in a closet a under cupboard. the stairs. A cupboard. A cupboard under the stairs. Yes. And to the point where, though, they have an additional bedroom mm-hmm. that that's is... Dudley's second bedroom. That's Dudley's second for all of his extra all stuff. All of his broken stuff lives in that bedroom. So you, if you didn't get a picture of how awful the Dursleys were during the first uh, introduction to him, <laughs> you start to understand it now because this poor little boy who's lost his parents is basically been um is being treated like a second class citizen well they he talks a lot about having been locked in the cupboard uh with no food no water he's been i'm sure beaten Mm -hmm. there's you know a lot of he's very terrified of the dursleys you know this is not a loving aunt and uncle who has taken this boy in out of the kindness of their heart this is someone who has gotten stuck with the neighborhood stray and they, you know, make it feel as worthless as possible. It's also basically a massively punishable offense to ask questions of any kind, yeah. let alone questions about his parents or what's yeah. happened. Now, he, at the, he has been told his parents were killed in a car crash and that the big scar on his forehead was from that crash that he cannot remember. But it, at even, you know, having no memory of this because it happened when he was very young, he does sometimes have nightmares of a bright green flash of light, a woman screaming, and the sound of laughter. Yeah. But he doesn't know what that's from. Yeah. During this chapter, this is when we start to realize that uh, just little different things happen mm-hmm. uh, to him, like um, his hair will grow back. <laughs> she shaved him bald and it yeah. grew back overnight. <laughs> 
And he just he, there's sometimes weird things happen in his uh, when he's when you're around him, and mm-hmm. obviously you can tell from the type of book it is what it is. It's kind of his right. magic in him, but um, you know they have a lot of funny little asides and mm-hmm. things that kind of that that make you not feel so bad for his situation because you know he helps them clean and he gets some food and stuff for him at the same time, but then he really pisses them off for something that's completely outside his control, right. like well, his like, hair growing back or like ending up on top of the roof of the kitchen of the school once he was being chased by Dudley and his gang. And he has like, no idea how he, he has, got there. He has no, he's like, maybe a gust of wind caught me. I was like, now listen, my niece Maddie is 10. She would absolutely know that no matter how hard you jumped or how hard the wind was blowing, probably not going to end up on top of the building. Like, yeah. he, But he just, he just kind of... Oh, he doesn't really yeah. strike me as all that bright, to be honest. Well, but. I mean, it's just I the the whole world he knows that none nothing else would make sense to that. Right. So he didn't know what to call it. Um, which is when you know we that's when we so we hear about Harry's kind of pitiful little life with mm-hmm. these pitiful little people, um, and then you know the dream of every eleven year old comes true Mm -hmm. and this is when well before we even get to there we have this is uh this day that they open up on is dudley's birthday oh yes and dudley is getting presents and he's got too few presents fewer than the last year and so he's throwing a tantrum um all of the stuff and of course they're coddling him and kissing his ass and calling him ickle duddykins and things like that that make yeah, you want to vomit things, yeah. um but basically the whole the point is that poor mrs fig down the street who we will see in a, another book later uh mrs fig has broken her leg and she will not be able to watch harry while they take dudley and his friend to the zoo for his birthday they have never taken harry Anywhere. any of these things like yeah. to anything he has never he has always had to stay with mrs fig whose house smells like cabbage and she always wants to show him pictures of her cats but apparently in this case she tripped on a cat and broke her leg so now she's not so fond of him <laughs> i love these little things yeah they're um, just little asides in the whole they're really book, funny yeah. so they have to take harry to the zoo and they are all not happy with it and now imagine this skinny little boy wearing clothes because all he gets are dudley's hand-me-downs wearing clothes four sizes too big for him, just tromping through the zoo as happy as can be, but trying not to get beat up by the other two little thug boys at the same time. And they make it into the reptile house. And they come across a boa constrictor. And it's sleeping. And Dudley's being a twit like he does, and he's trying to bang on the glass to get it to move around and whatever. Yeah. And then he gets bored and he walks away and Harry's just looking at him and he's thinking about this sad existence that he has living in a cupboard then and very similar snake. to the snake and he just kind of starts talking to the snake and the snake looks at him and starts winking and you know he's like oh well you know it, you know where are you from and he like points to the sign this is always from Burma he's like oh is it nice there do you miss your family and he points to it again like bread in captivity he's like yeah that's like me too I never knew my parents or whatever mm-hmm. it was and then Dudley has realized that Harry is somehow interacting with this snake punches him knocks him to the floor and then starts banging on the glass and all of a sudden the glass disappears and the snake comes out and snither, slithers past him mm-hmm. and says, thanks, amigo. <laughs> it, was, it was like, uh, Brazil, here I come, or whatever it was. Like, yeah. he was like, I'm like, how is this snake planning to get to Brazil yeah. from London? That did seem like a lot of logistics is, that is we there, didn't know about. I mean, I'm sure the snake has no idea, but is there a lot of exporting from London to Brazil that he could slip aboard? I don't know. Does he need a passport? It's going to be difficult. I'm not sure. There needs to be a whole other story about whether the snake made it to Brazil That'd or be not. Funny. It'd yeah. be really great. Um, so they're, somehow, they're, this, this, somehow this is Harry's fault. This is, of course, it's Harry's fault. And Harry's like, how can it be my fault? What did I do? The glass disappeared. Know. It didn't it break. It was like magic. Yeah. And when he says that word, the, the Dursleys lose their fucking minds and they throw him in the cupboard and he's not going to have food for a week, which he ends up sneaking out after they go to bed and he feeds himself anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, so shortly after this is when the 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 letter comes. he's he gets a letter he gets some mail and he's never had mail before never had mail and he walks into the room and i think this was probably his downfall here he walks into the room with all the rest of the mail 
to give to the Dursleys, but he's still just standing there staring at this letter that has his name on yeah. it. And so, of course, as they do, take everything away from him. They yeah. take the letter from him. And a Dudley can't even let him, who has nothing, have anything. Nothing. He's no. like my dog, Gertrude. If Otto gets something, <laughs> it's like, oh, no, that's mine. Like, I don't care that yeah. I'm laying in a pile of toys. You have this one. That's the one I want. Yeah, you know? my dogs are like that, too. Yeah. So it's actually it's funny because our little dog, Lucy, that could give a shit about toys ever. But if Daphne gets a new bone or something... Within about 10 minutes, that bone is in front of Lucy and Daphne's just sitting there crying. I'm like, you outweigh her by 60 pounds, really? Take it from her. And she's like, she took my bone. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so they take it and he opens it. And I don't even remember if he fully read it. I think he He, saw that. He he was unable to because... um, I think he saw the... No, not Harry. uh, Yeah, Versley. I think he He, saw the... um, Hogwarts, yeah. Well, I think he saw the seal on it and he just tore it up. So the next day, two letters come. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they, uh, they, they, the letters just, they keep tearing them up or throwing them into the fire. Harry never gets his hands on one. Um, and then they start shooting through the letter, uh, the letter box opening in the door. Even on a Sunday. They mail that, nail that shit shut. And then Sunday, they're excited because there's no post. Like 40 letters come flying down the chimney. How Harry doesn't manage to grab one, stuff it in his pocket and walk away. I don't know. And then open it later is beyond me. But he makes such a big crybaby deal about it that they end up getting them from him every single time. And then that night, he decides he's going to sneak downstairs and slip outside so that he can meet the mailman further down the street and get the mail before it comes. (laughs) <laughs> he goes to step on the mat and he steps on something squishy and it's Uncle Vernon's face because Vernon has decided to sleep on the front door mat to prevent to, to prevent yeah. him from getting out and getting any of this. So then Vernon goes insane because yeah. now there's just owls everywhere. Yeah. There's mail shooting in every time they move him to a different space. Now, like now they've moved him out of the cupboard because that one came addressed to, to, to the cupboard under the, the cupboard stair. under the stairs. So they're like, oh, my God, they know. And so then they move him to Dudley's spare bedroom. And then they're like the smallest bedroom uh, on yeah. the second floor. Yeah. And so then they like get in the car and they're just going to pack up and go. Yeah. And then it's like to the little cabin in the woods, to the little rowboat and yeah. to the, you know, and so they just keep getting all these letters. Vernon is going more and more crazy. The kids are like, what is happening? Petunia doesn't know what's going on. They're all scared. At some scared. point, they're just running. read the fucking letter. I mean, this is ridiculous. Saying? Just whatever. Just move on. Yeah. So then they end up taking a rowboat out to uh, a little house in the middle of the sea, basically. I know. It sounded like it's crazy. I'm like, this seems excessive. It's, it's, even for Uncle Vernon. Even for them, it's excessive. And it's dirty and it's gross. It and has even, no like running water from what Dudley I can tell. Even Dudley is like sleeping under moldy blankets and they have mm. one bedroom. and I Just, know, just this, so that they can't get a fucking they're letter. They're not getting a fucking letter or 40,000 fucking letters at this point. And so this point... Uh, it turns midnight and now it's Harry's birthday and he is turning 11 and he's like, well, nobody's ever celebrated any of my other birthdays, but you only turn 11 once. Like you only turn every age once kid, but it doesn't like repeat whatever. Um, (laughs) So then like at the stroke of midnight, there's this huge banging on the door. All right. And it's terrifying. It's shaking the entire house. Nobody knows what's happening. Everybody's freaked out. Uncle Vernon comes out and he's got a gun and like this guy doesn't even look like he could work a gun, so whatever. Yeah. And the door smashes to the floor, and in walks Hagrid. Yeah. So th- this is a giant of a man, right? He's towering over the door frame. Well, they 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 describe him in the book, and it was so good because like we see we're so used to seeing him in the movies, and yes, he is very big and he is very imposing. In the book, he is described as twice the height of a man and five times the width. That and his hands are as large as uh, plates, like dinner plates. So that, if you just like really think about this envisionment of this huge, hairy, you know, things possibly living in his beard and he's got mice in his coat pocket and, you know, all this crazy stuff. This guy comes pounding down your door. It's a little terrifying. Yeah. And they are terrified. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's Hagrid. And Hagrid yeah. is literally just the nicest being on any world. So it's like, yeah, so it's this huge intimidating figure comes up and he's like, hey, how's it going, Harry? Mm. Blah, 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 blah. But then he hands him his letter. 
mm-hmm. and the letters and a birthday cake and a birthday, a birthday cake. cake. It was yeah. adorable. Um, and it says, you know, the hair. The letter says, you know, it's from Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. And it says, Dear Mr. Potter, we're pleased to inform you that you've been accepted into the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Please find and close your books and equipment. Term begins September 1. We await your owl no later than July 31st, which is today, right? Right. And um, so he uh, and uh, Minerva McGonagall signed it. So this is the first time he saw it. He's like, what in the hell is this school? I was Tra- supposed to um, go to the public excuse school. Excuse me? Right. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I'm going to the public school. I mean, Dudley's going to private school of because yeah. he's going to get a good education. And Harry's going to have to wear his old uniform that's been dyed gray in to, dirty dishwater. Yeah, like we can't even <laughs> we can't even have it look nice. No, we got to no, make it. We ugly. Can't even get a new outfit that fits him. No, no, you're going to wear some of his old stuff because fuck you. Yeah, but uh, luckily. Uh, uh, Hagrid was there and he's like, okay, I'm going to let him know that I got you the letter and we'll see mm-hmm. you in school. And so, and that's uh, when, uh, and he sends, gives it off to the owl and Vernon, Uncle Vernon goes ape shit. Yep. He won't do it. And he's like, who's going to stop him? A mighty muggle like you? And Harry doesn't understand what the word muggle means. Mm-hmm. Um, so he explained it's a non-wizard person and he's still trying to grasp his head like, I'm not a wizard. I'm just yeah. Harry. And he's, you know, and, and Hagrid says, have you ever had anything strange that, or that you couldn't understand happen to you when you were upset or angry? And he starts recounting all of these things that were weird, the hair going back, you know, hopping on top of the, the kitchen. kitchen and the glass at the snake house. And, you know, that time he blew up somebody, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And he starts to really realize and, uh, the but this is when the Dursleys are trying to they're trying to put their foot down right yeah. they're like we won't have it we will not allow this to happen we will not and th- we will not go for this nonsense and he's like you knew they're like of course we knew my perfect sister being what she was yeah I saw her as a freak like she just really yeah just Petunia's got a serious bone to pick about Lily Potter like yeah. she is she's yeah not she- happy and uh you know, spoiler, she's jealous. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I'll tell you though, like you can see in this whole time that Vernon and uh, Petunia are perfect for each other. Like oh, they yeah. found the same person. They with are the just same as mentality rotten as they can be yeah. at this point. And, you know, we're, we're coming back to some of this stuff. They are a lot more rotten now, I think than they were in the first chapter. Yeah. We'll cover this in episode eight down the road. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so Harry is now trying to come to grips with grips with this, and Hagrid's like, "Let's go, you know, let's get out of here. We're gonna go get in the little rowboat." I don't know if did he send the rowboat back for the Dursleys? I Did don't they have know. To swim they back never to really shore? mentioned, but they, they also. But, but this is also though. I mean, when Hagrid was like, "You are a wizard," mm-hmm. and I think that as as a child of that age, can you think of how magical it would be that if somebody somebody come in and I think that is, and I have never been an orphan, so I can't, you know, can't really speak to this, but I think that is every orphan's dream, right? Mm -hmm. My real parents were something amazing Mm -hmm. and I'm going to find this out later and my life is going to be so much better. Yeah. Yeah. And so this little boy is just won the magical lottery here. Mm -hmm. Um, for now. Yeah. So uh, Hagrid is going to take him to go find all of the stuff for his school list. Uh, they they go to London, and he's like, "Can we buy all this in London? Like a cauldron and a yeah, rat? Like, like yeah, a it's a weird bird? Things on like this what, list, yeah. what the hell is on this list? Um, did you have the list? Uh, or, no, oh no, they'll pull but it, it had up. like a pewter cauldron. Yeah, it's size pewter two. cauldron number two, or you know, like we think of number two pencils and stuff. It's kind of that kind of stuff. Um, so he goes off to, they're going off to Diagon Alley and, uh, they go to the leaky cauldron, which is basically the pub, which they, this kid spend a lot of time in pubs in this I'll series. I'll tell you though, the leaky cauldron at the wizarding world of Harry Potter in Orlando is pretty awesome. Well, I'd like to go. That'd be fun. Um, but so basically he's like, um, Hagrid, I don't have any money. And Vernon Dursley is screaming at him. I am not paying for him to go and learn magic. Uh, he's like, I don't have any money. He's like, do you think your parents died and left you nothing? We have to go to the bank. Yeah. We go to Gringotts. It's the wizard bank. Yeah. So then they, but when they walk into the leaky cauldron, everything stops. And how, the, I mean, I guess they've heard the story of a lightning scar. Mm-hmm. 
but is that really the first thing you notice when anyone walks? I mean, maybe they're just looking because Hagrid's huge and walking in the door. Yeah. And then they notice this kid with a scar on his forehead and they do some math and they go, holy shit, it's Harry Potter. And everybody's like, oh, Mr. Potter, it's so nice to meet you. And they talk about this one woman who came around like 15 different times to get a handshake. And yeah. he still doesn't know why. And he always wondered why, like, uh, people that dressed funny look at him in the On road. the street, mm-hmm. somebody hit. There was one in the pub that had met him on the street at one point. And he's like, I remember you from the street. He's like, oh, Harry Potter knows me. Like, <laughs> it was a yeah. s- uh, Didalus or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so they finally make it out of there and into Diagon Alley, which is, which is you know. It's just hidden from the rest of the yeah, world. Yeah, you have to go yeah. through a brick wall, tap on it a couple different times in the right spot. And it, you know, opens up and then lets you in. And it's just this other magical little alley of shops and whatnot but he is you know kid in a candy store just eyes wide walking around they go to Gringotts because they need to go withdraw some money yep and so they go um with grip hook uh-huh. the goblin mm-hmm. who is taking them on this wild ride yeah of and, and, and that's when we bank. learned that uh all the goblins uh goblins run the banks yep mm-hmm. goblins run the banks and they are shrewd and they are kind of dangerous but they're the best in the world at protecting your money and mm-hmm. your stuff and then we find out that Gringotts is like booby trapped to high hell and there's live dragons somewhere down there you know on the, the deeper darker vaults yeah. and so they go to Harry's vault and they open the door and it's just piles and piles of gold. I don't even know what Lily and James well, Potter I, did. Well, I know. It they doesn't make any sense because they would have graduated not much earlier. Not much earlier. They, yeah. You know, they're a very young family. I think James uh, Potter was an aura. I think yeah, we find that out later. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's just, I mean, okay, so you're a civil servant. How much fucking money <laughs> can you know. possibly make? But I guess when you're magic, you don't have to pay utility bills. You don't have to do a lot of those kind of things that most, you know, people do. I don't, I, I don't know. I was just wondering where the money came from. Because I was it, nothing, nothing made me think. Switzerland. Well, oh, wait. It's Nazi um, gold. We learned later in this book that James Potter was excellent at Quidditch. Maybe he went professional. I don't think so. Mm. But... It's a possibility. Somehow they were freaking loaded. They had a lot of money. Yeah. We don't know how. It also could, there could have been a maybe lot of were do- donations. Maybe there were donations for the Save the Harry Potter Fund after. Maybe it was like the J.J. Watt Foundation after Harvey. It was the GoFundMe of, it was the GoFundMe of the wizarding world. yeah. We don't know. And it's like, it's like four nucks to a sickle or some crap like that. He tries to explain the money system to him. And then I think it's funny later when they're trying to get on, uh, like regular muggle transportation. He has to let Harry count the money because he doesn't understand muggle money. But anyway, so they go and they get money, enough money to last him the year out of his vault, which is, you know, more money than this kid has seen in 11 years. And he's never been given anything. He's never been given anything. Like I think in this book for Christmas, we'll get to it. They send him like a 50 cent piece. Yeah. Here's your Christmas present. You're like, wow, thank you. Look at all my gold. And he said, he's like, clearly the Dursleys never knew about this money or they would have found a way to make me give it to them at some point or do something with it. Um, so after they clear out his, or they don't clear it out after they take what he needs out of his vault, um, Hagrid has to go to another vault, vault seven thirteen, and run an errand for Dumbledore. It's vault, uh, you know what, or I need to get the, you know what out of vault, you know, which. Yeah. So they, they take him in here and grip hook has to basically like, tickle the door like he has to run his finger down the door and they said that um, if anyone but a Gringotts goblin had tried that they would immediately get sucked into the door and be kept inside the vault and they said well how often do you check to see if anybody's in there he's like once every what is it 100 years or something I I don't don't trust this because you know how many times I have to redo my iPhone because it's like nope that's not your fingerprint and I'm like motherfucker it's my fingerprint (laughs) (laughs) my problem is my niece plays with my phone so much that uh, she'll hand it to me like hey fix this and it's like you this is not your password you have been locked out for two but she's watching me Uh the last time I saw her she got two of the numbers Uh and then she looked at me like Gonna yeah. tell me the rest. She doesn't even know what numbers are, but she knew knew the which pattern. things. This kid is crazy. I mean, all these kids going up. Orangutans anyway. can do that too, you know. I know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still impressive. They say that orangutans like have the capacity of like a two year old child, and yep. she's almost yeah, a two year old child. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there you go. Uh, but anyway, so they go to this vault, 
and he opened it and Harry's expecting to see, because this is like a super well protected vault. He's expecting to see a lot of good, valuable mm-hmm. stuff. And all that's in there sitting on the floor is a grubby little package about two inches wide. Yeah. And, so and this, he's like, what the fuck? Like, this is, yeah, this is the beginning of the sub mystery of mm-hmm. this first book. B plot. Yes. And uh, so, you know, we're learning all about Harry and we find out that Hagrid has to get the secret passage for you know what and you know where. And so they're like, because there ain't no safer place than Gringotts, except maybe Hogwarts. Yes. So it's now a- he's got this for. Very special package for Professor Dumbledore. Yeah. And he's got to go take off and go do something with that. And he and leaves Harry to do shopping. To go shopping. And, and as you do with an 11 year old that's never just, been that's in never there. been there, that's never shopped. But just an 11 year old in general, do you drop him off in the middle of the gallery and say, go find your. I mean, my parents did when I was, you know, that age because. I don't know. They I, either didn't want us back or kidnapping was not as prevalent. I but. just, I just, uh, yeah, they just let the wizards do whatever they want, yeah. even little ones. But, um, uh, so this is, you know, you get to see a lot of the flavor here. We can kind of skip through some of this because uh, we're... Yeah, well, he goes and gets a robe and that's when he meets Malfoy for the first yes. time. He doesn't mm-hmm. know that's who he is, but he knows he's a... Yeah. Not a not a good person. Like he's yeah. already he yeah. can already prove himself he on kinda this. He kind of mentioned that like, oh, I can't believe they're letting people that are not pure born wizards, but you know, uh come into this school. And this is my question. It's like, so Harry technically is a full uh, pure born wizard. But his but mother was his, his mother so wasn't. He's not, so he's like three like, quarters. Like three quarters. I don't know how that works. It's like I when know. you start trying to trace like, your Native American blood. Like, you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what how the how uh, how the racist math works, but yeah. like like Harry, yeah, his parents parents are both uh, witch, as witch and wizard but yeah but kind of you well, know. but yeah L- lily potter was not her parents and were you know another muggles. thing was we we didn't hear about the potter family otherwise we'll continue with that yeah, later but no, not yeah. so much so anyways he gets his robes he goes into buy some other stuff he goes to olivander's to get his wand because mm-hmm. this is the only place to get a wand and mr olivander is really old and this guy is and cuckoo. Really, and he's really knowledgeable about wands. He knows everything about a wand. He knows every wand he's ever sold, who it was sold to, what it was made of, all of that stuff, which I think is pretty impressive for memory because I don't remember Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, and, I mean, so this is clearly the, um, the vocation that was set for yep. him. Well, this is also like, uh, you know, it's you don't just go in and pick a wand to go. Oh, this one fits my hand. Nice. Like it's they said the wand chooses the wizard, not the other way around. So he hands him a bunch of wizard or a bunch of different wands and tells him what each one of them are made of and how long they are. And apparently the length of a wand is is important in the wizarding world. I can't. It's one <laughs> like of those six and a half inch and springy. I'm like, don't you wish? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you think that a small one would be better because you can hide it places. You eh. know, like you have to carry it well, all like the, the time. Like, like Lucius Malfoy's and the cane. That was kind of that cool. was badass. Um, but he come up with I that know. on his own. Jason Isaac yeah. came up with that. But anyways, um, but so he goes in and he finally, you know, and Ollivander's like, mm, not quite right, not quite right. Oh, I remember what your parents' wands were and when they came in for the first time. And so then he gets a little misty anytime anybody kind of mentions his parents because he doesn't know anything about them he doesn't even know what they look like like he's never seen pictures of them at all um so then he's like i wonder and he goes and he pulls out a wand and he starts describing it and when harry touches it it's like the world lights up and it's very clear like gold spark shoot out Mm -hmm. i don't know what it's like very clearly uh wants to be kind of moment and uh, he's like very curious the phoenix that gave its tail feather for this one gave another feather just one and that one gave you that scar and so then he's like what he's like i think we will expect great things from you mr potter because yeah you know you know who did great things terrible things but great. Yeah, that's that's uh that's like um the people that are like you know like Hitler, he's got some good qualities. He's got some good qualities. Yeah, you know, you know. he kept he, his he, teeth clean. He knew how to keep people motivated. He, could, he was a motivational speaker, like a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, he was an excellent painter. He didn't eat meat, so he, he's clearly better than all he, you. He meat had eaters. brown hair and yet convinced everybody that blondes, <laughs> blondes were superior. And blue eyes, yeah. Exactly. I'm like, your eyes aren't blue yeah. either, sir. Yeah. Anyway, so. So then this is, you know, all kind of boggling yeah. his mind and they end up spending the night, I think, again, in the 
uh, Leaky Cauldron. And yeah. then the next morning, Hagrid basically puts him back on the bus. Oh, but he gives him an owl for his birthday. He, does, he buys him Hedwig for his birthday. Um, and he picked the name out of a book, one of the mm-hmm. magical books. He mm-hmm. picked that out of there. Um, so he gets a snowy owl named Hedwig. And that's his birthday present because it's actually his birthday. And then... You know, in the movie part, they kind of skip ahead and they just stick him on the train. Yeah. But there's another month that he has to go back and live with the Dursleys. Who are not happy. Who are not happy. But they're they're just kind of ignoring him like he doesn't even exist at this point, uh, which is fine by him. You know, he can kind of come and go as he pleases and that's fine. Um, but I'm <laughs> and they're like, well, good luck at school. We won't be seeing you because we're going to London to have Dudley's tail removed because I forgot to mention that Hagrid... <laughs> Gave him, a uh, gave him a pigtail and uh, they were like oh and he's like well to be honest I was trying to turn him completely into a pig but my magic's a little rusty because I'm not supposed to do any of it uh, so <laughs> so they have to go to have his you know tail surgically removed before he can start this fancy prep school where he mm-hmm. wears a you know, those flat boat hats and yeah. orange shorts with a maroon blazer or something hideous yeah so uh Basically, he says, here's your ticket. Don't lose it. It's platform nine and three quarters. And so he's, you know, the Vernons actually offered to take him to the station because, again, they're there for Dudley's pig surgery anyway. Um, And he's like, I have to go to platform nine and three quarters. They're like, ha, doesn't exist. See you, kid. And they like just dump him and leave and they're gone. And he's like, what? And so he asks somebody and they think it's a joke. But then he hears other people talking. Yeah. And he runs into what we find out later is the Weasley family. Yeah. And he, cause he sees that one of them has an owl in the cage, an owl and they've got trunks like his on trolleys. And so he kind of follows them and he sees Percy and Fred and George run through the platform. And so he's, you know, talks to Mrs. Weasley like, Oh, can you, can you help me? You know, whatever. And doesn't even tell him, you know, yeah. name or anything, but he watches Ron do it. Then he runs after him and, gets on the train, sits with Ron, and then they're like, did you hear Harry Potter's on the train? Harry, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. So anyways, then they're on the train to Hogwarts. Yep, and so, you know, that kind of starts this little um, magical journey for Harry. Yes. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. That was badass. Uh-